Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2019 is brought to you by our Indiegogo producers, Richard Kreutz-Landry, Robert Anderson, The Drinking and Screaming Podcast, The Ostium Network, Damian Sidlow, Max Kasparek, Aaron Keon, Kyle Decker, Rocky Lee, Ryan Bolter, and Neon Green Tiger. A very special thank you to all of our Indiegogo supporters and to the IPM organizational team. And now, on to the episode. Alrighty. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Tess. How are you? I am doing great. I am so excited that you are here to talk to me. I could not be more excited. This is because this is why I'm very, very excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. So you're here uh, for a very special IPM minisode, a creator conversation as it will. Yes, indeed. And you are the creator of one of my favorite one-shot actual play RPG shows called Party of One. So let's start by you telling me a little bit about it and yourself, and then we'll jump into our topic. That sounds wonderful. So Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Uh, Every week I sit down with a friend, we play a two-player game, we share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. Uh, The show kind of aims to explore a lot of genres, themes, settings, game styles that you kind of are often overlooked in tabletop gaming. We kind of cover a lot of different tones, moods, settings, etc. And as for me, I am the host of Party of One. I am a game designer, podcaster, occasional professional wrestling commentator, and the unofficial official LARP right of the Olive Garden restaurant. I think that pretty much tells you everything you need to know about me on a personal level. (laughs) I feel like you missed one very small bit, which hopefully won't come up for another few months, but it's your love of eggnog. Oh, yes. I am a noted eggnog enthusiast and uh, really trust world. I I would say world authority, honestly. (laughs) You do. And you even have a Christmas podcast about eggnog. Once a year we publish. It was going to be twice a year this year, but uh, I don't know. I got busy, so it kind (laughs) of didn't happen. But, you know, that's really the magic is it really makes it so that, you know, keeps you on your toes, I think. (laughs) I love it. So today, we're here to talk about industry etiquette, and specifically guest spot etiquette. And this is about both having guests on your podcast and guesting on other people's podcasts. So I would love to start with you just telling me about why you wanted to talk about this particular topic. So this is a topic I wanted to talk about because um, I I was thinking a lot about um, like areas that I felt like I could comfortably, I, I guess, comfortably talk about from a sort of position of like understanding. And I, I realized in terms of guesting on other people's shows, I've done it a fair amount. And in terms of bringing other people onto my show, I've done it some 200 times. So I realized if we're talking about a topic that I can comfortably like I've learned a thing or two in that time that I think I can comfortably give a little bit of advice. Mind you, this is all, you know, it will all be my own, take it with all the salt that you need to take it with, but I feel like having done 200 some party of ones and however many guest spots I've done, I've learned a thing or two about the ways in which to make it as seamless an experience as possible. And actually, like, one of the amazing things that I'm really excited about talking to you about this is... Because the fact that my podcasts are centered around making sure I have guests on them. And you were one of the first shows that I personally guested on. 
And I learned a lot from that process and uh, have just learned so much from the way you approach um, having guests on your show. And and then I've also had you as a guest on my show on Honey Roast. So uh, it's it's just like it just works perfectly. I love it. That makes and- me very that really like touches me, Tess. Honestly, like I you know, it's one of those things that. I, I I will say it was not something that I, I did a lot of research into. The lessons that I have and the perspective that I have and the things that I can impart are almost entirely uh, school of hard knocks lessons. They're things of, <laughs> oh, you know what? This is, we're messing this up or we're doing something inefficiently. We could do this better. And slowly realize, learning what works and what super doesn't work has been like my entire journey in figuring out how guest spots kind of (laughs) work. And I have to say like the entire way that I approached, um, uh, the entire way I looked at how to approach guests and providing them with the kind of information they needed, um, really shifted after I was a guest on your show. So let's jump in. Let's do it. Awesome. So to you, what is the, number one thing that folks should know if they are planning on having guests on their show the number one thing that i think you can convey to a guest is um very clear and and uh, there's going to be two parts to this and they're going to be contradictory but if one of them happens then the podcast will go smoothly if both of them happen then you will have an exceptionally wonderful experience. In my in my in my experience, that is how that is the case. <laughs> the first half of this is if you are inviting someone onto your show, for me the most important thing is making sure that they are aware of what the show is, how it feels, by that I mean like the rhythms, what they can expect from the recording process, the the sort of logistical things. How, what they can, so that when they sit down in front of the microphone, whether that be in a room with you or over Skype, they know what they're getting into and they know how to settle into that rhythm so that, like, it feels like a natural process. Uh, In my case, for Party of One, one of the most valuable things that I've learned is to very quickly, when inviting somebody onto the show, explain the premise of the show as if they've never heard it. To say, hey, would you like to come on and play a two-player role-playing game with me? It really, like, in, in making that clear, the all of those pieces, it really lets the person know, okay, now I know what to expect. And it encourage, it helps them, when they get onto microphone, feel that they are at ease and that they know how to do the podcast that you're on. That is fantastic advice. And I would add to that to say that another piece that kind of builds off of that is making sure your guest knows what kind of homework they might have to do in advance. That is a very good, that is a very good, like, follow up to that. Yeah, so whether it's for your show, if it's, oh, I would like you to have read the rules of this particular game, or at least uh, familiarized yourself with what the game is about. Or um, for really, I think any podcast that is like sort of guest driven, knowing how to record, like letting them like, you know, letting them know if you are expecting them to locally record, as so many of us do when we're recording remotely, you know, conveying to them like, hey, 
here's the software that I would like you to download. You know, here's Audacity. It's free. Download it. Spend, you know, figure out how to record a thing. Just get basically familiar with it so that when it comes time to record, we can very quickly get going. Because obviously, like, and that I don't want to take up any more of your time than I need to. And let's be honest, like, you want to, you don't want, you know, neither of us wants to eat up the other person's time and neither of us wants to make, like, the other person feel like they're waiting. Yes. So if you can, if if you can very easily convey, to your point, like, the homework in terms of the content of the show, you know, it's, oh, I want you to familiar, be, be ready to talk about this topic, be ready to go to these, like, emotional places, but also... You know, we're going to be recording remotely. Here's the software. Here's how this is going to work. I'm going to message you at this time. Be ready on Hangouts. Like All of that makes the process as smooth as possible. So what makes a guest the ideal guest for you? Um, now, this is where I think I get into slightly the contradictory part. For me, the ideal <laughs> guest is... And this is this is going to come off a little selfish, but like the ideal guest is someone who has listened to and like enjoys the show because that is a person that that is the kind of the other half. The contradictory half is that if you can listen to and familiarize yourself with the rhythms of the show, I know I just said that as the host, your job to to make them familiar with it without having to do that. But, like, if you can go, okay, I've listened to the show, I kind of know how this is going to go, I know the beats and the and the ups and downs, like, for me, that, because then, then we can just get off to the races. You know what I mean? Like, from a logistical standpoint, that is a guess that I can go, okay, cool, I don't have to, like, pause and explain things. Yes. And I feel like... You and I are perfect examples of this with each other because I felt that way very much so when I guessed it on your show. It was like, okay, any questions? We're going to go through this, this, this. All right, let's go. And we jumped right in. You were spectacular. You were absolutely spectacular. Thank you. And then the same thing with you on Honey Roast was like, okay, here's your homework. Here's what you're going to like need to expect, which is was a little bit different because Honey Roast hadn't actually been published yet. It was... To your credit, we you did a spectacular job at telling me like, here's going to be the format of the show. Here's how long it's going to run. Here's like what you can expect. Here's how this is all going to go. And so when I sat down in front of that mic, I went, okay, I know the rhythms. I know the content. We're good to go. Let's do this. And we just jumped right in. And you did amazing as a guest on Honey Roast. So it just like, it it's, it's easy to find that natural rhythm with your host when your host provides you with that information. Yes. But when you also familiarize yourself, like you said, with the content and with the beats and with like how the format uh, is presented to an audience. Yes. And I think uh, the other half of that, which I think is also very important, is uh, familiarizing yourself with the show and the beats and the rhythms is spectacular. But I think for me, also, the other half is an, is an, of an ideal guest is somebody that is excited about the is excited about the content, like on a tangible level. And I think, you know, party of one, we do a good job of that because the show is so flexible in nature that like, I can really tailor the episode to get you excited. But I always, my example is I always know 
that I'm going to have a great episode when I'm playing a professional wrestling themed game with somebody that like if I if if I'm <laughs> busting out a wrestling game, it's because I know that my guest loves professional wrestling and I, I love professional wrestling. So like it's that moment where the two of us can go. All right, we're in. We don't have to stop. We don't have to, like, pretend to know. We are just purely enthusiastic and purely jazzed up. As an additional boost, you ran a wrestling sh- a wrestling one-shot for IPM, which is coming out this month. Twice. I've done it twice you now. Have, They're both yes, great. 2018 and now 2019. Uh, it's a yearly tradition now. I'm going to have to do it forever. Hell yeah, of course. <laughs> but I, I think, like... Whether that whether that looks like somebody that is super, super into a particular game or genre or for like an interview podcast, if you are like really excited to talk about a particular topic, if you are, you know, um, there's like podcasts that I listen to that I love that uh, you'll hear a guest that like really just knows the topic of the podcast inside and out and can really effortlessly go like, okay, here's what we're going to talk about here. Like, those are, for me, always the best. And that's a piece of advice that I think whether you are inviting someone on or coming on to a show is to find or find a way to facilitate that level of enthusiasm. You know, if you are uh, coming on to a show, think about the pieces of that show's topic that, like, really get your motor going. If you are inviting someone on the show, figure out ways to connect that to find that vein of passion because I think it's just going to make for a better show. It's going to make for a better show. It's going to make for a better recording experience. And you're both going to walk away from it. Having enjoyed it a lot more is what I have discovered. Those are awesome pieces of advice. So what is your favorite thing about running a podcast where almost every episode you have a different guest? And secondly, what are some of the challenges that you experience with that? I love getting to meet and like get to know and share intimate quality time with a different person every week. It's my favorite experience and it's why I do the show. It's it's what makes the show special for me. It is the emotional heart of that show is I want to spend an hour getting to know you through the act of playing a game. <laughs> it's my favorite thing in the world. The challenges are, because I'm kind of starting from scratch every single episode, you know, you know, whether I, you know, there are episodes where the person knows the show very well, there are episodes where I am good friends with the person, there are episodes where I'm having somebody on for, you know, a, a multiple times, but the vast majority of episodes I'm starting from scratch with someone. It is either someone that has reached out to me, reached out to me about promoting a game. It is someone that I have wanted to like collaborate with that I am reaching out to. And we are kind of starting that experience from scratch. Case in point, like when you and I sat down to do Party of One, like that was the first time we had like spoken in person or digitally in person. It's true. We had talked in group conversations for like, oh my gosh, probably a year at that point. Yeah, easily. (laughs) But, uh, but we hadn't ever had a voice conversation before and so that experience of you know breaking the ice and you know finding you know feeling each other out because i think it's it's different when it goes to voice like even if you're very comfortable with somebody via text when you start talking and interacting in a particular way it changes things a little bit and so 
that for me is a challenge in terms of like I have to kind of build that build that connection very quickly kind of again and again and again right and it's very satisfying but it is a real challenge in terms of like okay now I start the process all over again you know absolutely it can be tough are there any other pieces of advice that you feel is there anything else that you feel is like really important for somebody to know who might be thinking of starting up a show that um focuses around having guests every episode or every few episodes this is um this is there is one thing there's one very specific thing and this is arguably the biggest piece of advice that like i could have if i could give myself from gosh three years ago three four years ago this one piece of advice it would be people are a lot more willing to say yes than you think <laughs> like be will like shoot your mother loving shot you know shoot take ask that person that you're like i don't know maybe like if you're you know so this is something that i run into a lot you know i'll be friends with a person case in point my good friend tess <laughs> I'll be like, mm, you know what? I bet Tess would. I bet Tess would be a great party of one guest. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to inconvenience. I don't. You know, I don't want to like. I don't want to barge in. It's and it, you know, shoot your shot. It's, there's 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 so many people that like I have thought to myself, oh man, I bet they'd be great. And it took me so long to just ask them, and then the second I shoot them that message, like. 30 seconds later, I get a DM back saying like, oh my God, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I would, I would add on to that to not be afraid of rejection either, because like, yes. I took a big shot um, for Honey Roast. I had reached out to a creator who I like really respected, who's very well known in the industry. And I was like, this feels like a long shot, but I'm going to try. I'm just going to go for it. And it took me like a week to convince myself to press send on this email that I had in draft. And when I finally did, I felt this sense of relief of like, I did it. Whatever happens now happens. And they got back to me and they were like, you know, this sounds like such a cool idea. And like, I really appreciate you inviting me. But unfortunately, I just don't have the time to be able to commit to something like this. And I won't be able to. But thanks again so much and good luck with everything. And I didn't feel bad about it. It was like, you know what? I went for it. And they couldn't, but they sent me a really nice, encouraging email back. And like, that's, that's beautiful. Like that's, that's really, that's the best case rejection, right? Yeah. And so absolutely, I completely agree. I mean, there's also people who've ghosted me and that's totally cool too. Like, oh, well, like, you know, once, (laughs) once it happens once or twice, you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's just a thing um, and it's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then there's people who will surprise you when you reach out and you're like, oh, this is totally a long shot. And they respond and they're like, yes. And you're like, oh, for sure. really? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. All the rejections and ghosting in the world are worth it for that moment. Exactly. When you, sh- when you When you take the long shot and you go, well, you know, who's to say? And you shoot, you shoot your shot and they come back with like, oh my God, I'd love to. That's what makes it that's what makes it worth it every single day. Like for me, that's 
that's like the greatest. It is yes. the most satisfying experience. Yes. And not that it makes you any more excited for like the long shot than it is for your friend because it was oh, for sure. just as awesome to have them on. It's just like the unexpected nature of like, oh, I'm going to take a shot in the dark. So definitely don't be afraid to do it and don't be afraid of the rejection. Yeah. You know, you're going to get some rejections. You're going to you're going to get some ghost things, but you, you, you roll with it and you, you, you know. You, you, you find the people that you want on the show. Not that you think are going to be like, not that you think are going to boost the show. Not that you think are going to, you know, uh, like look good on the show. You find the people that you want on the show. Right. And like, those are the people that you, that you, that you reach out to, you put the effort in. And those are the people that more often than not are going to be the ones that you're going to, they're going to look back on and go, dang, I'm so glad I invited so-and-so on my show. Exactly. Like, I'm so glad that I reached out because they're the people that that a lot of times you're going to look back on and they're going to have that enthusiastic yes and you're going to have a really special experience. Heck yeah. So we've hyped our own shows a little bit. <laughs> sure. And we will link them in the show notes. But I would love to know, are there any shows that you look up to or that you feel are really great representations of um how smoothly having a guest on the show like works or at least on the surface appears to work really well uh putting aside our shows because <laughs> i think they're very good examples um especially i am here which is a growth are all great examples um putting aside those I think uh, Taylor LaBrush's Game Closet, beautiful example, like, though, you know, every one of those interviews is a must listen because Taylor puts so much energy into making you as a guest feel comfortable and making each guest feel like great. Um, I would also point to uh, Backstory with Alex Roberts as another interviewer that finds guests that are like eager to talk both about their work and about the larger influences behind them. And then there's one really outside example that I've been listening to lately, uh, which has which I was actually very wary when I saw them having episodes with guests on it. But they they work so perfectly. And that is a show called Punch Up the Jam. OK, yes, it is a podcast about um, like taking songs and going through the lyrics and laying out why they're very weird. Yes. <laughs> and then creating a new version of them in which you've punched up the jam. They, it's two, it's two of my favorite comedians, um, and they started bringing on guests, and at the time I was like, um, I feel like I'm listening to the show for your specific two-person rhythm. Right. But then I started listening, and like the guests, they, they, they do a great job of asking the guest, what's a song that you love that you also think is really ridiculous and maybe terrible. <laughs> like they do. A, and so like you find get the guests will always have a song that they go like, Oh, I love this song. doesn't make a lick of sense, but I love it. <laughs> and they, they do a great job of like making sure the guest has time to like speak and to including them in bits. It's that's a particular podcast that I look at and I go, I see the amount of work that you're putting into making the guests comfortable. And I respect it. That's awesome. So I guess, do you have anything else that you haven't said that you want to say about having guests or being on or having guests or being a guest? Um, be communicative 
I guess is the only thing. And like, that sounds obvious, but like check-ins are good both before recording. If you have questions after the recording, just to kind of follow up and be like, Hey, had a great time. Um, you know, check-ins just to kind of make sure that you're kind of both on the same page. Regular check-ins are good. And I think it's always worth having those, you know, I, I always, I am not great about sending the day of like, Hey, we're doing this today. Right. Like I kind of just let it be until it's time to record, but I always do deeply appreciate when I, when I get that message of, (laughs) Hey, we're good for today. Right. Like always appreciate it. It lets me, it gives me that reminder of, okay, this is, we're doing this. Uh, that's, I think, I think a tiny gesture that can go a long way, but I think other than that, I think we've pretty, we've covered sort of my big points. Awesome. Well, the last thing I want to make sure that our listener know, our listeners know, is that uh, you actually created the core principle for IPM. You very kindly let us borrow it last year. And then when I confirmed with you again, you were like, yep, <laughs> like, like, continue it. And it's so beautifully written and articulate. My brief story about this is... Uh, you invited me to be a part of last year's IPM, and I read through the application, got to the bottom, and saw a, a thing and went, did I write this? And then, like, I, I, I very lovingly teased you about it, and <laughs> I true. think that you... Th- I think that you thought that I was, like... Because you were immediately like, oh, no, we'll credit you. Don't worry. Like, we took it, but, like... we And I was like, no, dog, it's fine. I it's think cool. it's... <laughs> I think, too, it's because in my head, I was like, I totally messaged Jeff about this. I definitely messaged him about it. And then when you teased me about it, I was like, is it sitting in a draft? Did I forget to send? <laughs> I was legitimately flattered. And I just saw it and was immediately like, well, that sounds, well, whoever wrote that's a real genius. They did great. <laughs> well, they are. And our core principle is, I'm going to read it because I, I'm not sure how many people actually go to the website and read. <laughs> But the core principle of IPM is that we remain committed to making and maintaining an inclusive, welcoming space for all people. To that end, racism, sexism, transphobia, homophobia, ableism, and other related material is unwelcome. The brilliant thing about this is when you have a guest on your show, you make them agree to that. (laughs) And it's brilliant. Thank you. It's just brilliant. And it's so beautifully written. And, uh, we appreciate it so much. <laughs> yes. So um, so a little bit of backstage look of peeling back the curtain is I have like an automated form. It is a guest form that as soon as I confirm that a guest is interested in doing the show, I shoot them a Google Drive link to a form that they can fill out. It gives me all the information that I need on recording availability, safety guidelines, game preference, all that kind of stuff. And then tells them along as they're reading, it includes a note about like, my safety guidelines are this, my recording availability. So it it, it, it skips like eight conversations that we were going to have. Right. At the very bottom of that is that line of dialogue and then a line that says, uh, essentially, like, I can cancel, I can stop the recording at any time. Like, I don't have to release this episode at this, on, you know, on the other end of the coin. If you feel uncomfortable, you're free to leave at any time. We, you can tell me not to release the episode. And then there's a line that says, are you cool with that? And there is one option. And it says... Yep, absolutely. Because in my opinion, my, my, my hard, and th- hard and true fact is, if you do not feel 100% comfortable clicking the button that says, yes, absolutely, and before you click submit, don't fill out the form. Like, this, it's not going yeah. to, like, this is not going to work. So don't even bother clicking submit. And that's actually something that we adopted for the IPM participation forms this year for the applications was, you, 
if you can't agree to that, then then you shouldn't be here. (laughs) So that is that makes me very happy. Yeah. So thank you very much. I just wanted to make sure that I had it on air that you were the one who created that. And it's amazing. And we appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) So finally, tell me, where can listeners find you? Where they where can they find your show? Where are you on the internet? So uh, I am at Party of One Pod on Twitter. Uh, that is the Party of One Show Twitter, as well as my personal Twitter. Um, you can find uh, sort of links to all the podcasts that I do, all of my guest spots at jeffstormer.com. Uh, that also has links to the games that I create, all the other kind of stuff that I do. Uh, you can also find my other podcasts at allmyfantasychildren.com, All My Fantasy Children being a podcast about character creation and role-playing games. And uh, I think bit.ly slash talking nogcast because <laughs> I'm thinking I have to move hosts because I've run out of SoundCloud space. <laughs> that's a story for another day. But um, that's pretty much it. And like I'd say jeffstormer.com and twitter.com slash party of one potter where you can find pretty much everything. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jeff. This was a blast as always. Oh, I love talking thank you, to Tess. you. It's always so oh, good. That's lovely. I'm so happy. This always this make makes this is the best. The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is Morning Dew by Liquid and used under a Creative Commons license. The link is in the show notes. You can support International Podcast Month via coffee or PayPal and by retweeting, sharing, and talking about the event using the IPM 2019 hashtag. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and information on the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.